pasa la juca si no le voy a dar con esa. Welcome to the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We uh, got the Canada-USA game uh, on right now as we get into our show, but we don't want to talk about that right now. We got more exciting things to discuss, uh, mainly with our special guest here uh, able to join us this evening, Coach Rankin for the uh, San Antonio Runners. How are you doing? Welcome to the show tonight, Coach Rankin. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. No, we're, we're glad that we were able to make it work. We know it's kind of hard during the season and, and you and I have kind of talked about maybe ways we can work on that moving forward, but we're glad we were able to get you on um, and, and we're excited to talk to you about uh, the matchup last weekend versus Alamo <laughs> City. I know that's probably one that you guys are of course, moving past, um, but also too looking forward to your guys' uh, U.S. Open Cup qualifying match uh, here coming up against the, the Celtic Cowboys. But Rafa and Harry both able to uh, join tonight. Harry, I know you're watching that USA-Canada game as well. Are we going to be able to get through this show? With what? With, with, with that that monstrosity, that dumpster fire going on in the background? There'll probably be some swearing and, you know, but hey, that's a normal show, right? Unlike my last, <laughs> unlike our last episode when, you know, my wife's like, were you okay because I didn't yell at anybody? I'm not sure that's going to be the case on this show. And I'm not going to yell at Mason, of course, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll treat our guests nicely. Yeah, we, we won't bite Mason, I promise. But uh, After uh, Mason's gone, that, that, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Rafa, too, uh, weathering out the uh, storm up there in Buda with us uh, here tonight. Man, you, you staying safe up there? Yeah, here life, life in Buda, Texas. So, <laughs> same, same drive from the storms. So, back on the road again for work. So, but I'll be back Saturday for the for the rally. Awesome. Well, we're, we're glad to have you with us here tonight, and uh, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday and everything. And we're going to get into uh, some San Antonio FC news and everything. Obviously, their playoff race, uh, you know, hopeful or, or co- whatever, coming up here in a little bit. But uh, first and foremost, want to uh, focus on the San Antonio Runners. Um, let's talk about just a little bit about that matchup on um, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday sure. I, I know you and I have been texting and there, there were some lessons and things like that that, that were learned from it. Um, you know, there at halftime, uh, the score was still 0-0. You guys, you know, just kind of by my rough estimates and, and what I remember there at halftime, almost seven or eight corners, you know, alone there in the, in the first half. Um, so a, a ton of chances. What were your thoughts at halftime? You know, what, what were, what were you telling the boys there uh, still zero, zero? Well, the game wasn't over yet, of course. And they, um, they sure came out to beat us. They, I reminded everyone that, you know, we've got a target on our backs and everyone comes prepared, ready to play us. And we need to be, keeping that level of intensity 100% of the time, every time we can't just show up and walk around and then turn it on for a little bit and then say, hey, we're good. And I think that after the game the weekend before, that's kind of how, you know, we showed up ready to play. 
Well, and that matchup against Coyotes was a very physical game uh, that we saw in, in that one as well. Um, this one, it seems like it it wasn't quite to the level of intensity by any means, uh, in my opinion, just there on the sideline. Uh, I could tell you guys were kind of trying to work the balls over the top and stuff like that there kind of early on, and it looked like Alamo was trying or doing a pretty good job at, at shutting some of those down. Did you try and make any adjustments as far as the attacking plan went kind of coming out of the uh, locker room there at the second half? Well, I'm I'm still trying to figure out why we started doing long balls because in the three seasons that we I've been coaching, we don't work on long balls. We never have. And when we start going back to square one and doing mm-hmm. that, that's an indication that there's something wrong. So at halftime, I did remind them, hey, that's not mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. They've won the ball in the air. Their guys are just, you know, simply much more bigger than us uh, in the attack. And we don't want to be playing the ball in the air. As you saw during the game, they weren't really able to um, possess or keep the ball uh, among themselves as uh, successful as we were in certain aspects of it while it was on the ground. And every time we put it in the air, we gave it away. So I didn't want them doing that. And and I think second half, we made some adjustments. They just weren't quite good enough. And when we had that second goal go in, that just messed with everyone's heads. Yeah, and I could tell you got Mikey a little bit more involved there in the second half. You know, you guys did a little bit better job at at playing possession and everything. Um, Unfortunately, you know, they were able to get that first goal in uh, kind of uh, due to that that penalty and everything there from uh, outside the box, you know, was – was that something that you felt like kind of hurt your guys' momentum or was that something – because you guys have gone down by a goal before and, and typically that kind of fires you guys up to come back. Uh, well, I don't really think it hurt our momentum. I don't think we had any momentum. That was the problem. Um, as Yeah, I went back and forth. Uh, the thing is, just like you said, when we go and get scored on, uh, most of our guys have just felt that we don't need to – kick it up a level because all we need to do is just continue to play and we'll get the goals as the game goes on. And that sense of urgency wasn't quite there. And as it picked up more and more, when we got closer to the end of the game, uh, it just got deflated after that second goal. And that second goal, just an unfortunate, you know, kind of mishap or or whatever there uh, by the keeper, you know, I know the final score was two to zero, but John and I were talking during the broadcast about, you know, that that seemed to be one of those that might have ended nil-nil uh, just because of how well both defenses were playing and outside of those two opportunities. And I know you guys had one off the post um, there from your defender from Nigeria and everything on uh, yeah, one of kicks. Yeah, we, uh, well, I think it's very important that, you know, we lose early on like we did against Waco last season. It's, uh, it's a great Waco call and – our guys need to understand that if we're trying to go places further than heart division and do things and get people noticed, we're not competing only against the people next to us, but we're competing against the people we haven't played yet. And that's definitely the case for the Open Cup. We don't play the Celtic Cowboys in a regular season, and they're a lot bigger and much more physical. We've uh, played them last season in the Open Cup, and we learned of that as well. So it's a good thing to change that mindset early on, especially the week before the open second qualifying round of the Open Cup. 
Absolutely. And let's get into that open cup a little bit, Harry. I want to kind of give you the floor to uh, ask Mason some questions about that matchup coming up here uh, against the Celtic Cowboys. So go right ahead. And I, I think we just lost you, Harry. I know it'll just be a second. There we go. Yep, you're good. Is it better? Okay, sorry. I do. I mean, that's okay. Um, so, like, I, to me, what I was going to say is the the biggest change from last year to this year is last year I believe you were on the road up in Austin. Uh, yes. This year yes. you'll be uh, here at the UTSA practice fields there. Um, how much of an advantage is that? You know, you know, playing at home compared to uh, going on the road. Uh, you know. You know, even you know, even up in Austin, where you know it's what an hour drive, you know, hour and hour and a half, two hour drive. Uh, how much? How much of that is is an advantage for that for you guys? Well, it would have been an advantage last season. I don't think it's an advantage this season anymore. Uh, the reason for that is because uh, we just need to. It doesn't really matter what field we're on. We just need mm-hmm. to show up and take care of business, and we're no longer training there at the UTSA fields, so. Okay. We're only playing the games, and it's a little bit. It, it's definitely a lot larger field than the one we train on, and um, it's flatter for sure. So the ball moves a lot quicker, uh, and you know, I don't really want our guys to get too excited about where we're playing. Mm-hmm. That oh, we're playing at home, so it'll be easier because you know, as as you've seen from last season and this season. Doesn't we tend matter. to show up more com- uh, confidently at home than we should be. And uh, I'm, I'd like to tra- change that. So I think this is a good start and indication of changing that attitude. Go ahead, Rafa. Go on, go ahead. you have other questions, Scott? No, well, uh, not not in regards to the uh, the, the Open Cup matchup uh, here against Coyotes. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, obviously we're looking forward to that and, and to that run. And uh, I agree with you, man. I, I know we were kind of talking about, you know, hopefully this being a, a wake-up call for your boys and everything. So how are you guys kind of preparing for that matchup? Walk us through a little bit of just what y'all's week looks like kind of leading into that. I know well, you're out there at the practice everything field. went out the door today because of the weather. So we've had to relocate. That took us a little bit of time to figure out where we were going to go. Uh, our backup plans were closed due to the lightning. Uh, we mm-hmm. can't go train where we normally train this uh, today because they've closed the fields due to lightning. So we're going to be indoors, and we're very limited with what we can do indoors uh, with the space that we'll have available. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's kind of just being flexible at the moment. We need to continue to work on passing possession and uh being able to take knocks with the ball not get knocked off the ball and be able to knock people off the ball so that's what we're going to be working again uh with this week uh, to prepare for the cowboys because you know they can take knocks and they give them for sure are you expecting to uh is kyle miller there uh for goal for the uh, matchup this week or have you made up your mind right yes yes so he'll be he'll be playing well, like I say, Coach, you, you got a lot of talented players. I mean, I, I know it was exciting seeing Adrian back out there and everything, and uh, it's 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 just an honor getting to know some of the guys and stuff like that and being a part of the uh, broadcast there with Wizards Broadcasting. And I just wanted to say, man, that you're, you're doing some great things here mm-hmm. in the uh, Heart Conference. And uh, just out of curiosity, uh, that matchup against Alamo City over there at their fields, getting back to that, that Heart division, is that a, a rematch that you guys are looking forward to? 
Absolutely. And Absolutely. Be December seventh. I believe that's your guys' last match, right? Uh, no, we don't. No, I'm you not got sure. one uh, on the eighth against Bell County. Yes, I believe that one's the last one. Assuming that the schedule is correct. Uh, <laughs> yes, assuming that's correct. It should be correct on our uh, social media. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the UPSL site because it's an easy way to uh, go through here. But one question that I had on the schedule, and I guess it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I know the San Antonio teams have played four teams. Um, the Austin teams, Capitals, yeah, Coyotes, and, and Bell County have kind of played two teams, or two games, pardon me. Um, with the schedule, it, it seems like it's, you know, on a week, off a week, you know, that type of, you know, you know that type of schedule here. Well, Has we that had, made life a little bit more difficult for you guys? Absolutely. Uh, and we are definitely going to see how that affects us before the Corinthians game uh, on November 9th because we've got uh, two buys between the Open Cup game this weekend and then. So it's uh, we're just trying to keep the guys playing as much as possible, as long as they possibly can. Uh, we're a little bit disappointed with the uh, lack of uh, teams in the heart this season. Mm-hmm. We're sure that'll be that'll pick up in the spring, but um, you know it is kind of off season for everyone in the uh, semi-pro and amateur leagues because of college and everything. Mm-hmm. So most of those guys went and played college, which we're happy about. So no complaints there. <laughs> Has that presented a challenge though for you in terms of you know trying to put that best possible product out there for that Open Cup run? No, the biggest the biggest problem with getting together a roster for Open Cup is getting everybody's birth certificates and uh, international clearance forms before September uh, cutoff date with U.S. Soccer when we don't even really have a team at the moment. Mm-hmm. Don't know who's coming back. Don't know who will be able to pick up. We've had several players that are on that roster drop out, unfortunately, and we can't add anyone else on them. Uh, people who showed up because, well, they moved to town or they came and tried out in the summer and they couldn't make it here until this week, literally. So that's the biggest issue in the qualifying rounds. Is there, you know, not to get the side subject, but is there any reason why they do it so sorely? Because you got qualifying starting basically – at or before the finals even played. You know, I know that happened last year where you had qualifying before the uh, final was even made. I think this year it was, you know, you know, it was right at that same time frame. To me, I think it would be more of, you know, an advantage to where maybe after the first of the year, and I know you get into a little bit more weather-related, you know, kind of conditions, you know, at, at that point. But I think at that point you could put together a, a more truer team because, you know, Unfortunately, once a player's locked in, they're locked in, and and you know, you know, and, and we've seen some teams have to have to forfeit, you know, down down the road or you know, due to that. So to me, that's one thing that I'd really like to see, you know, see U.S. Soccer or the Open Cup changes instead of having the qualifying start this early. Um, maybe try to do it, you know, closer to the tournament if if possible. Well, I think that the reason they do the qualifying round so soon is because they want to get as many amateur teams in as they possibly can, give them an opportunity to play. And in order to do that and meet the first round in May is, uh, hold on just a second, is it takes some time. And, you know, the more time uh, they have, the more people can play. That's my understanding. 
with the UPSL getting spots next year, I believe it's up to eight, and I know uh, they've got to figure out how they're going to allot them. Does that kind of change things for you, or it's more like a? In, well, I'm assuming it's going to be more like an NPSL type setup, you know, where you know, you know, depending on how they set up, if it's a conference winner or you know, making the playoffs, does that change things for you guys as far as how you guys look at you know going for going forward for the Open Cup? Well, we'll have to see. Um, I'm not sure UPSL um, has figured that out yet. yet. And um, for someone like us who has been in the Open Cup qualifying rounds, I'm not sure how that would apply for us uh, or what their um, credentials would be to pick them. So we'll just have to wait and see and, you know, figure out as we go. Well, I know we're excited to uh, cheer you on for that uh, Open Cup run and everything. And, uh, you know, I, I know the guys and the team, thank goodness you all have that to play for right now as well with the uh, scheduling <laughs> stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you talk about some bye weeks, man. At least it's giving you some competition. Right. We're real excited about it. Uh, we're going to have it live streamed, of course, on YouTube and on Facebook. And it will start at 7 p.m. this weekend, not 8. Oh, okay. 7 p.m. kickoff over there at UTSA Athletic Complex at the Recreation Fields. Uh, Coach Rankin, as always, thank you for coming on. And, and, and again, just like I say, great job with everything that you guys are doing there with your program. And uh, just happy to uh, watch y'all continue to grow. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it. And soon we'll be uh, releasing some merchandise. So keep an eye out for that. Hey, new swag. <laughs> exactly. We're real excited about that. That's awesome, man. Now, you guys do a great job. I, I know the match day posters were a really cool thing that you guys do during the spring season and stuff like that. Like, I'm serious, man. It's like time Thank you. Notch, thank you. Man. I appreciate it. I it's, hope you like our little commercial promos. Oh, yeah. They're kick-ass. Well, we'll keep awesome. an eye out. And, <clears throat> no, I was just going to say we'll keep an eye out for the next banger of the week, man, and uh, keep doing oh, that yeah. stuff. And uh, we're, we're here for it. <laughs> we're behind it 100%. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. I know we greatly appreciate it. The boys definitely do, and uh, they love the uh, coverage, and especially now that we've included uh, interviews after the games as well. So you guys are doing a great job. Thank you for coming out as well, and the coverage is great. Awesome. Well, we'll see you soon, Coach, and uh, best of luck in that match against the uh, Celtic Cowboys. And don't go anywhere. Uh, We'll be right back to uh, talk some college soccer and San Antonio FC. Awesome. Well, that was Coach Rankin from the San Antonio Runners. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. And, uh, yeah, like I say, that matchup there versus Alamo City definitely didn't disappoint. And uh, I know that's going to be a fun one there towards the end of the season to see that rematch uh, here on our side of town. I I know uh, Coach Rexroth was saying on the broadcast he figured you were probably pretty excited about that one, Harry, and uh, that you would probably be out there just because it's over here by our house. So. Yeah, I, the, you know, I unfortunately missed it uh, this past weekend. Um, I went out to the uh, USL Academy. Yeah. Um, it was an awesome. I know Scott came out. It was an awesome uh, event uh, put forth, uh, unfortunately, for SAFC. Uh, results weren't, weren't what you hoped for, I guess. Um, but I think there was a lot of learning that took place, and, and especially where they were playing U15 last year to step up to U17 against some really good competition from, you know, they played Phoenix. 
Um, they played Orange County, which, uh, from my understanding, was a collection of uh, basically uh, four all-star teams around the Los Angeles area. So, and we all know, you know, California is very good mm-hmm. uh, at soccer, um, as much as we like to give them crap that Texas is better than California. Uh, and I thought they were a little bit unlucky against the Breakers. Uh, they were up 2-0, got a red card. I want to say it was around the 30, 35th minute, somewhere around there. And unfortunately ended up losing three to two. So uh, they were one of two teams, unfortunately, to uh, go over the weekend without any points. Uh, the good news is, is all this was is for seeding. Um, so, you know, you know, obviously that's going to put them down probably lower on the seeding. Uh, when it comes to playing the national event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that national event's, I think, in the spring, so they got plenty of time to learn and develop and, and you know, even to me, mature a little bit because you can tell a little bit of size difference. And I think in talking with you, Scott, that, you know, that, that age, and I guess Rafa can probably speak to this a little bit more, um, going from U15 to U17 is a pretty big, pretty big step up. That's, that's two age groups you're really – I mean, you're playing against sophomores and juniors, and I'm sure these kids are eighth graders and freshmen, you know, and they haven't developed yet. But it's a good experience because they, now they know what it takes to play against those teams, and I think they have enough time to prepare. And you, you never know. I mean, they, some of them were close results, and I think they may turn some things around once they go to that national tournament. Yeah, that that Breakers game, I know you got to witness, Harry, um, a a lot more of the action. You were out there, you know, for a lot of the day Mm -hmm. on – or the evening on Friday and then then most of the day on Saturday and and Sunday or whatever. So Mm -hmm. uh, always forgiven, man, for not making it out there to the Runners game. Yeah, Anna was was all like, Dad, we've done soccer all day. I was like, okay. But, you know, I was – I thought it was interesting and and I ran into uh, Tim Holt on the way out there or whatever Mm -hmm. and he mentioned, you know, about playing up and and to your point, you know, especially that first matchup where they got bodied a little bit more and the result was uh, a little bit more one-sided than what we saw there against the Breakers, Um, but just about the size difference and the physical difference uh, between, you know, the age groups. But um, I thought it was pretty neat because he mentioned that they had 10 players uh, on their current roster – that were a part of the academy from the very beginning. So this was kind of that full circle moment almost, you know, for, for about 10 of them or so. Um, and uh, let me know that they, they've got about five players right now within that academy system that they're uh, training with the first team right now. Obviously, Leo Torres and uh, Jose Gallegos, you know, a couple of them. Um, but... A few other players uh, that we may see here soon um, from the academy program as well. So I thought that was pretty exciting. But just watching them play against the Breakers, I thought it was interesting just the difference between how good some of those kids are versus what you see out there at just some of the the regular, you know, classic games or, or for that age group. Because a lot of those kids, you know, they, they knew the fundamentals. They had the mm-hmm. fundamentals down. They were already – working on the footwork and the, and the, and the skills and, and the, the runs and just they've, they've got the fundamentals. So to see how far some of those kids have come from where we were watching them, you know, a couple of years ago and stuff like that when they were still younger, I thought was pretty neat to see just how much they've progressed because I know the results weren't probably what they wanted, but seeing them play in that game against the Breakers, I mean, they looked like a really strong group of 15-year-old kids, to your point, Rafa, you know, eighth graders and freshmen. 
What happened, Harry? Canada go up 2-0? <sighs> yeah. We are now... We've lost to Mexico. We've lost to Canada. So we're officially the worst North American team. Uh, well, let's move on to some non-worst North American. Uh, I'm in a firing mood. Let's get rid of it. Let's let's sweep them out. <laughs> where, where hey, no, you know what? Hey, yes. let, let's okay. do this. Yeah. Coach Powell to the national team. <laughs> I was going to ask where, where's the national tournament going to be held for 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 the boys? Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. And so that, that was a good thing that Tim Holt talked about too. It's just, you know, what an honor and a privilege it was to have been kind of selected for this event and everything. Um, so I know that was an honor uh, for them as well, just to host. I, I like to see them host like a big national tournament every year. I don't I mean, think they can like something, something like something like kind of like the Dr. Pepper cup, but do we have the facilities to do that? And, and the only reason I'm like, saying this, you, 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 can, you can take this, Scott, because this is in your wheelhouse. No, I was just going to say, like, outside of those first four fields or whatever, like, to really have an event, like, I know it's a big facility, but really and truly outside of those first two fields, the rest of that facility I don't think is nice enough to host an event like that. And, you know, I don't know if it's just because they've got so many activities going on out there right now. Like, I didn't realize they had flag football out there on Saturdays and everything else. And, I mean, those fields are just getting a ton of usage. They're getting more now. Yeah. yeah. It's – I I because I was out there in the micro league, the SAFC micro league was wrapping up. Okay. And these guys pay 100 bucks. I think it's 100 bucks for their – kids to play you know i think it's up to age 10 and you know less than that because i know ag and anna just just missed it for their hair and people were complaining why are we paying 100 bucks to play on dirt and scott can attest to this playing you know you know and i can understand hey maybe a rec league you know you know you're not getting the best fields but if you're signing up for the safc you know micro league where you're paying money for that to me, and, and that's a representation of San Antonio FC, mm-hmm. uh, more importantly, it's it's not leaving a good taste, you know, you know, in, in the time frame that, that we were out there to where, you know, you can go to you know Alamo City and mm-hmm. and the fields are better over here, you know, at the Alamo it's City smart. complex. Yeah. And and also too, I don't know. I know, and because like you say, we play on Sundays out there, um, and that, that's why you're just saying it. It's like I sent you guys uh, that video. It looks like a sand volleyball court almost, and that's like Canada just won the World Cup. It looks like here they're celebrating like they won the World Cup. But there's, I mean, I, I'm sure they can partner up with other other clubs, like with Classic Elite and Alamo to use some of their facilities. Have games at different, you know, sites. and have games at different sites. So I mean, here's a question for you, Scott. Were you born in 1985? 86. 86. So in your lifetime, Canada had not beaten the U.S. until tonight. It's, there's a first time forever. Why does that even surprise you, though? I mean, like – Since 85 was the last time that they won. So we just – so my life <laughs> – they're gonna be pumping the Molson ice in the locker room right now. <laughs> the Molson ice. <laughs> but no, sorry, it's just, Scott. Sorry, man. <laughs> you keep throwing me Dude, off my I was game 13. here. I was thirteen. That's and, and I'm an old guy now. <laughs> I told you turn that stuff off, man. I, I said you wouldn't be able to do it. 
Oh, but no. Um, and, and that's I, I to their point though. Um, I, I do know that our second game got canceled because of a water main break. And when I was out there for the game before this past weekend, um, they were watering those first two fields and the whole parking lot was, well, not the whole parking lot, but there were like four rows over there that were flooded because it's like it was leaking water, but they still had to do it to water the fields. So I don't know if there's some kind of bigger issue right now with the irrigation system out there where they're not able to water like three fourths of that complex outside of those first two but I know they canceled one of our games because of some sort of water main breakage. And then the next week when I went out there, you could see just water flooding the parking lot. You know what I think it is? I think it's money. They're cheap that's on game. Well, I missed that too. The county, right? The it's county owns fields? It, yeah, it's the city and county that owns the fields. Yeah, it's, so that, it's, that's like a bad thing there. I mean, if I was San Antonio FC, it's like, hey, look, you know, we're trying to look good for a tournament to hopefully attract more people. For another or future one, I mean, it's just more tourism and business, you know, revenue coming into the city, and to have a field look like a sand pit and all that—that that is embarrassing. You know, I think that's something that I think the uh, SAFC needs to sit down with the city and see, hey, you know, we need to do something that can, pre- pre- you know, prevent this, present ourselves, say, hey, look, we're a first-class organization. But are they though? That's the you know, that's well, I guess I. I'll save that for Daniel. Save that for the off season, Harry. <laughs> well, that's the uh, Academy Cup, and uh, you know I don't think anybody will, will really, um, you know, knock anything that San Antonio FC has going on right now with those boys and everything. So uh, it'll be exciting to see them continue to develop and, and everything else. I know that was a, a pretty exciting tournament, and uh, Harry even got a, a free scarf out of the deal. So I thought that was a, a pretty sweet. Uh, Academy scarf, so it never hurts to get a new scarf to add to your. Class. Yeah, I was. I didn't know that they were running a contest. You know, if you tag the USL, uh, USL Academy Cup, and you know, I got a message at the SAFC uh, <laughs> during the match here saying USL HQ sending me a message. I was like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> what tweet did they see? <laughs> what tweet? You know, hey, we okay. have to your season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> you can't come to any more games. <laughs> so I was all like, uh, okay, what did I do now? How do you get banned uh, from the stadium when it's an away game? <laughs> you know, it's like with the movie Friday, you get fired on your day off. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to get banned, <laughs> not even on game day. On game. <laughs> Match day. <laughs> Uh, well, we do have a couple of results um, from the uh, local uh, college scene as well that we definitely wanted to uh, highlight. I know I have the uh, result pulled up here for the uh, UIW women's team who uh, won 3-2 to two in overtime over uh, Houston Baptist. Rafa, I know you're kind of familiar with the area in general. Are you very familiar with that Houston Baptist a program at all, or yeah, they're still like, kind of an upstart because I know they are now new to D one, especially in the Southland Conference. But I'm sure they recruit heavily in that Houston area. I'm sure some of their core players are from that Houston, or especially like the Woodlands and so forth, where they have good club soccer there. But I wouldn't be surprised if they have some international players like UT, like what UIW and UTSA has. So yeah, but that's a good result for for UIW. I, I know the women are starting to kind of. They're starting to get some momentum in that conference, and hopefully it leads to, to big, big things to them. Maybe even win the conference tournament. 
Yeah, and uh, Keely Alaya, uh, definitely one of the uh, highlights there for them. Um, she had two goals in this matchup as well. She had a penalty kick goal that, uh, at the time, put them up 2-1 to one, uh, before Houston Baptist came back and scored a penalty kick themselves. But then she was able to score uh, there in overtime to win it for UIW. So uh, another uh, good outing from her, and uh, she just continues to impress. So... Uh, Harry, I know uh, there was another women's soccer team here in San Antonio that got their first conference win. Um, tell us a little bit about that result. Yeah, that was UTSA. Uh, they've had a little bit of a hard luck, actually, this year. Uh, uh, looking at it right now, they're 1-4 in, in conference play. Um, but if you look at their their matches, they've, they've lost by one goal You know, in pretty much every – uh, conference game, you know, they, you know, started out at home against Middle Tennessee, lost um, in overtime. I think you and I were out at that match uh, for that here. And then they played Rice and North Texas, lost, uh, you know, one nothing to each. Um, but this week here, you know, this last week, they went on the road to Florida Atlantic, uh, lost by one goal, but they were able to win a uh, game against Marshall uh, in Huntington, uh, three to two in overtime. Uh, it kind of sucked that they went to overtime because they gave up another late goal uh, for that here. But, you know, the reason why we want to kind of point them out is uh, for this year, uh, you know, you know, October 17th, they play Southern Miss. Um, and then October 20th, they play Louisiana Tech for the last two home matches. And then, of course, they finished the next three um, on the road here. So uh, been been kind of a tough year uh, for them here, a little bit unlucky, you know, whenever you're losing by one goal. Um, you're in the game, but, you know, things either aren't going your way or along those lines. And, you know, I haven't watched every game, don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, like I said, so Southern Miss is also setting at one and four. And then, uh, you know, La Tech is at two, three, and one in conference. So um, looking at it, it's two winnable matches, but they should be fairly competitive uh, for that here. But, uh, you know, like I said, here it, is, it just, you know, it hasn't been, you know, the year hasn't been kind. And of course, with the conference tournament coming up at, you know, after the, after that. So, um, but please go out and support the, U, the UTSA lady run. 